Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and uh, welcome to this third episode of uh, Men With Spirit. Um, it's certainly uh, an interesting start to the show today. We've had a, two, a few technical glitches and power failures and all that sort of thing, but uh, it is what it is. And so it's a little bit of a slow start today, but uh, we're here with you. That's the main thing. Um, for those listening for the first time, this is a regular program on Radio Karam at 4 p.m. on Thursdays, normally. And it's aimed at men who want to grow as individuals, plus their uh, partners, families and friends who are committed to supporting them in their growth. Um, generally, we're speaking to people looking for more depth and meaning in their life and their relationships and people who know deep down that there's more to life. In all that we uh, we do here at uh, Men, at Spirit, Men with Spirit, um, we aim to be inclusive and non-judgmental. Now, during these programs, we'll explore different ways of behaving, uh, supported by solid shared values. Values. We'll see how looking at life differently can lead to a more loving, contented, and purposeful life, and we'll encourage you to get out of your head and feel more from your heart and uh, how to confront some of the difficulties life throws at you. <laughs> um, along the way, we'll play some music and have some fun and meet some fascinating people who have had to confront challenges in their life of one sort or another and are these days making a positive difference in their families, relationships and communities. Um, now, if you want to contact us, which we certainly encourage you to do, uh, please go to our Facebook page, at Men With Spirit, or you can email us at connectedmenwithspirit.com.au. Welcome back, Steve. Did you enjoy your break up north? I did, Pete. It was lovely. I uh, took uh, four days away with my wife to celebrate a milestone event. And, uh, yeah, it was it was gorgeous. Um, went up to Byron Bay, oh, uh, favourite place of ours, yes. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. I did miss last week's episode, but I did catch up. Uh, and listen to it with with uh, wonderful David Smith and Rob Gobbler from uh, Men with Spirit. Um, so it was really really great to just hear that. Um, but I did miss being here with you. Yeah, well, I'm glad you and Danny had a great time up there. That's it's important to get some balance and have a bit of relaxation from time to time. Um, so well done, you. Thank you. Um, the theme of today's program is the importance of expressing our feelings and how music can help us move in more ways than one. And uh, Steve, you and I discussed at length the opportunity that music provides to help uh, anyone, but particularly men, express their feelings. And that was the catalyst behind today's particular program. And before I introduce today's guest, um, why do you believe it's important for people, and especially men, to express how they're really feeling. Yeah, this is, I think, this is the core of exactly what we do with the work. And I think the core of the reason why we have so many sort of um, 
problems and issues uh, in our relationships, and that's because of a lack mm. of expressing ourselves. I guess the first place to ask, uh, first question to really ask is, why do we not do this? And it's a real learned behaviour, mm. and it's a learned behaviour one that is uh, is fed by fear because it's learned from childhood. You know, we fear what someone may may say or do to us if they don't like what they hear, what we've got to say. Because sometimes the truth can can be quite cutting. Sometimes the truth can be shocking. Sometimes uh, the truth can sometimes mean that your honesty forces someone else to have higher accountability. And so their reaction to that could be, you know, there could be anger, there could be resentment, there could be a withdrawal of their their attention or their love, which is the biggest mm. fear that we have because we all have this deep-seated fear and deep-seated need for love. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the underlying reason why that happens. But what happens to us is you're an emotional healer, just like my wife, Pete. So you both do a very similar kind of um, healing process called Hanuman healing. And I spoke to her about this as well. And, you know, when we hold in our emotions, we hold them back, we refer to them as suppression. Yeah, so you're suppressing those emotions. And, and one of the most popular ones, the most common ones, right? I won't call it popular. It's most po- uh, <laughs> yeah, we see it very often, though, don't we? Yep. It's anger. Yep. Anger is one of those ones that yep. people will hold back. But it has it creates an energetic block in the body, right? And mm. in turn, this has an effect physically on the body. You know, we, we know that, that the more angry someone can be, the likelihood is that they will have heart and, and problems, stroke potentially mm-hmm, could happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then there's also the effect that that has on us is it forces our behavior to change because we're not as open. We're not as trusting. We're not as, as honest as we like to be. And then if we take that even further from, you know, sort of a more relationship point of view, how do we expect others to interact with us if we don't want to tell them who we are, if we hide how we're feeling how do we expect help from somebody? How do we accept love from someone? How do we accept support from someone if they don't know how we feel? Um, so it's there's so much to expressing your feelings um, and they're important because I always, I think of a, a feelings a bit like the coded messages. You know, you've, you, you, there's a sensation, but you know what that sensation means to you, don't you? Because you get mm. this feeling, you go, I know what that means. And, and, I, and, and sometimes we're frightened by it. Uh, so we want to hold it back. But an interesting thing that my wife, Danny, said to me about, about you know, suppressing, which I thought was fascinating, was we can get to the point we're very comfortable with suppressing our emotions, that we think we're only suppressing the negative emotions. But in all reality, we tend to suppress everything. You can't just go, okay, only these emotions are bad ones I'm going to suppress. So therefore, we end up undercutting the joy and undercutting the happiness and undercutting the upliftment in our life. So we're not doing ourselves any favours by not expressing because we'll never feel the highs that we should and celebrations in our life because we're learning to suppress. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's sort of this going through life flatlining and not wanting to uh, get out of line and not showing who you really are. And I think um, uh, that's very much the uh, the idea behind Men With Spirit was to give guys an opportunity to feel more and that was really behind the idea of music as a way of getting in touch with your uh, with your feelings, wasn't it? It is because music's a great it's a great vehicle for this because it's not something that we think 
consciously about, but we use it very, very regularly in order to feel. Um, so if I feel, if I'm feeling happy, I might put on some happier music because it kind of, it, it keeps that feeling alive. Sometimes, you know, I'll feel a little sad and therefore I'll, I'll, I'll listen to sort of more somber music, you know, or sometimes you want a bit of a, an upbeat. So yeah, absolutely. You, you, know, you can find that. a bit of music to suit any feeling or any emotion, can't you? There's a great uh, Archie Roach version of um, I'm So Lonely. And if, if you're feeling that way, that is a great song for that. Um, I'm just conscious that we're a little bit tight for time because of the uh, delayed start. So we might, before we go on to have a chat with our guest, if you're happy for us to move on now. Sure. Um, uh, in light of all that, I thought there's a very appropriate quote from a, a blog we like to reference from time to time called The Wisdom of Crazy Horse. And this particular quote is on great music. And what he says as follows. Uh, the composers of music do not expect those who listen to it to understand its intent and musical nuances in the same way as they do. They are sufficiently satisfied, satisfied that you just listen to it, for they know that great music is an accompaniment to change. Desire and inspiration for change and growth are rarely found without an external intervention. Often this is music. Within the notes and rhythm, a piece can be found to allow you to unlock the pathway forward. This is why great compositions are eternal. It's mind music. I thought that's spot on. And um, if you want to find other insights from this blog, please search for the Wisdom of Crazy Horse blog. Now, I think it's time to introduce our guest today, Steve, locally based mm -hmm. musician, Aaron Brereton. Uh, we were hoping to have Aaron perform live for us during the show, but it's been a bit uh, difficult for today, so perhaps another time. Steve, over to you to have a bit of a chat with our guest, Aaron. Welcome. Yay. Welcome, Aaron. Uh, thanks, Steve. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank, thanks for joining us. We're looking forward to uh, hearing your story and listening to some of your music later on, too. Aaron, look, I think the very best thing we can do right now is just let's just start. When did when did music become part of your life? Okay, so probably from when I was 12 years old, um, my auntie gave me a, a compilation CD. Mm -hmm. And it was called uh, Jazz Round Midnight. And it was a group of uh, the jazz masters, the great saxophone players from the 50s and early 60s. And there was a particular track on that CD that just, I just found intoxicating. It just blew me away. Um, it, was, it was the first thing I'd heard where I, I just thought, yes, I want to do this. I want to be a musician. Um, so, yeah, that's that was the the moment. I think I had. We always had a, a piano in the house um, as a family, and there was times I tinkered on that. I did. I had some connection, but um, 
nothing ever really happened. I think until I was sort of a, around 11 years old, 11, 12. And, and yeah, I had that pretty um, yeah, definitive experience that started me on my way. What was it about the song, Aaron, that, that you said was that pivotal moment for you? Um, I, I, don't, I was just, I was mesmerized by it. It had, um, I mean, it was an incredibly sophisticated song. It had a lot of spiraling, uh, complex movements, but, oh, you, intoxicating is the only word I can come up with. It mm. was somewhat of a spiritual experience. It really resonated so strong, strongly with me. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and also a curiosity. I mean, um, the music, the music itself, I, I didn't understand at the time in it, in any way. So it was sort of the mystery of it. Um, I don't know if that that makes sense or no, it does. I, whenever you often speak to musicians like yourself about music, they can often struggle to articulate that because of just this profound feeling that they get when they hear, and especially when they play music. So I think that anyone out there who is a musician or want to be a musician would understand that. Um, so at the time, what were you playing as an instrument? Well, from, uh, yeah, sort of from that time, that's, that's what led me to wanting to play the saxophone. And, and um, I guess I had a, a rough idea about aspiring to be a jazz musician. So. Um, Oh, yeah. So it was at a, um, like a sort of a high school music night, um, where professional, a few professional musicians came and demonstrated different instruments. And, uh, yeah, my father was good enough to buy me a, a new saxophone. Um, and I kind of started from there just playing in the, the high school, uh, music bands and just, yeah, learning the basics. So did the family play music? Did you grow up with musicians in the family? Um, not really. My uh, sister played a little bit of flute um, and she's actually gone on to, to become a, a singer and a guitarist. Um, but um, at the time, no one else was really, yeah, playing music in the family. So it was definitely something that was, um, it was just within, within myself, a really strong impulse within mm -hmm. myself from when I was pretty young. Awesome. Um, so tell me, did you did you have the support of your family to keep playing? Did they encourage the music? Um, did I have the support? Um, yeah, I mean, I was. Um, I think, um, by and large, I was. I was always told I was encouraged as I'm doing quite well. I was always incredibly self-critical. So I'd probably often dismiss a lot of that encouragement. Um, and yeah, as I said to you earlier, I, I did struggle with the, the technical side initially. I struggled to focus on reading charts and learning to read music. Um, so that, that created a, a bit of a blockage. So there was, there was this incredible sound I aspired to, but um, I, I, I wanted to just be like that. I just wanted to express myself and be able to be creative. But I think I struggled with the fact that, um, 
theoretically jazz is quite technical and yeah you have to learn quite a bit of theory to get there so that was always the, the struggle for me i think Hmm. Well, we might just take a little bit of a break and actually listen to this song that you said it was a bit of a spiritual experience for you. The song that kind of at 11 or 12 was that pivotal, pivotal moment when you decided, yes, music is going to be part of my life. Now, do you want to introduce it? Um, yeah, it's, the, uh, it's Sonny Stitt. He's an alto saxophone player and... Um, yeah, he was. I even, I, I even end up buying the same saxophone as him. So I think I was just that impressed. Um, but yeah, before I, I knew nothing of these sort of types of musicians before that. I heard this recording. So, yeah. And what's the name of this song? Uh, and it's the Down Home Blues. Excellent. Well, why don't we hear that now? My name is Ocean. I come from Martinia, and you are listening to Radio Carom. Righto, uh, you're now back with uh, Steve and Pete, and today we're talking music, feelings, and life changes with our guest, Aaron Brereton. Over to you, Steve. Yeah. Aaron, you know, um, one of the things that is really important when we're when we're growing up is to have mentors and you you spoke um with me privately about some of the mentors that helped you especially during that pivotal time in your life around the 11 12 years of age uh, do, do you want to share some of that you, you said there was a high school teacher and so a music teacher how did they help you and who were they yeah well there was lots of um teachers along the way through high school um but yeah, the, the most important teachers I met a bit later when I was uh, around 16, 17. Um, and I'll have, to, I'll have to start. My most important teacher was um, a friend of our family and her name was Marnie Hall. And I knew her from my childhood because we'd holiday in New South Wales and uh, stayed at a caravan park and she was our, our next door neighbor up there so i knew her from when i was very young um but reconnected with her when i was about 16 years um and found out that she'd moved onto the peninsula she'd moved to mccray so yeah it was amazing to find she was just a few towns down um and so she was a uh, a professional piano player for many years um she was also a singing teacher and she she worked with a lot of um, famous Australian singers in their uh, in their first few lessons. So I think oh, singers like Daryl Braithwaite, um, Sally Boyden. She worked, yeah. She was quite uh, at a prestigious music school and worked with a lot of famous uh, people. Mm -hmm. uh, Normie Rowe, and then in her career, I think she worked with Barry Humphreys. Um, I think the composer who wrote Greece, um, she helped do arranging. So she, anyway, she was an incredible, uh, had an incredible knowledge of singing, um, a music theory, uh, playing piano. So um, she was definitely the most important uh, musical influence I had as a young as a young man. What did she bring to this relationship that made it important? 
Um, oh, I, I think she, she definitely, I had a feeling of, of safety, um, being around her. Um, I was just sort of a feeling that I was okay as I was. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of, they weren't exactly formal music lessons. I mean, a lot of it was her telling me, um, just talking about life and talking about uh, the wonderment of uh, the discovery of music. And also she taught me methods of um, inquiry mm -hmm. um, to figure out why something sounds good and then analyze. And so she was very analytical, um, but also very loving, loving and uh, nurturing support for me. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, go on. No, I, I was sorry to interrupt, but it's just it's very it's uh, it's it's lovely to hear that that you felt safe in her company, um, and you know something that you mentioned as well was you know that music forces you to be who you are. How did you did you feel not able to express who you were as as a child at that time, and did, is that why music helped you? And your relationship with Marnie? Yeah, well, <laughs> now that you say that, I mean, I guess being around Marnie, um, probably I could, I could be who I really was around her. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, look, I was a fairly uh, sad child, or I had a lot of depression as a youngster. I think, mm. uh, and a very introverted and introspective person. So. Um, so music, music was my way to, um, just become more, uh, I guess become more extroverted and express myself, uh, particularly when I had to start performing. So it, it was a way to, um, express a lot of my feelings that I think would have been suppressed otherwise. That's fantastic. I mean, it's just, isn't it awesome to hear, Pete, just the use of music and just seeing that in Aaron um, and how how it helped him to actually express the way that he felt when he felt he couldn't do it any other way. Yeah, I think uh, and listening to Aaron's music, just how you express yourself through that, mate, it's just quite, I find it uh, really very moving. I was thinking about Marnie, and we'll get on to it in a second, the song that you wrote for her in um, homage, if you like, of the influence she had in your life. But I was just thinking when you were describing how you felt around her and that she brought out these feelings of being safe and that you you were enough. Mm. She obviously had a very pivotal role in your development and just uh, bringing out that uh, innate capability you had in you. And um, to have that sort of mentor around you at that critical point is um, you know it was fantastic, and I think you mentioned also there was another teacher at uh, Rosebud uh, Rosebud Secondary that also had an influence as well. Do you want to mention who that was? Give yeah. him a call out. A call out. Yeah, yeah. I certainly have to give a shout out to um, Roger Anderson um, because through through that period um, in my teens, I was in um, some of the school bands, but. Um, when I did sort of try out to get into the swing, the swing band, the jazz band, I, I couldn't sight read music well enough to pass the audition. So I was always a bit, um, 
Oh, I, ca- I carried that as a bit of a sadness for quite a while that I, I couldn't get into the style of music I wanted to. So when it, um, by the time we got to uh, year 12, I'd started playing piano at that stage and I was just fiddling around on one of the pianos in the music room when I thought no one was listening. And um, the new music teacher walked through the door and introduced himself and said, oh, I like the way you sound. And, um, and you know, he said he'd been looking for a keyboard player to start a, a soul music band. So I got the opportunity to, um, yeah, a new band was starting and it was sort of uh, soul music from the 60s, a lot of Wilson Pickett and a lot of Motown style stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, amazed, just out of that uh, one interaction, ended up landing a, a bit of a lead role in a band as a singer and piano player. So Roger really threw me back into the spotlight. And, um, and yeah, that was, that was very challenging. But, um, yeah, ama- amazing for my development because um, I was inexperienced, very inexperienced as a singer, virtually hadn't done it at all. And we're still coming to grips with a fairly new instrument. I'd, I'd struggled with a saxophone for five years, but I just couldn't, I couldn't play a lick. So found my natural groove on the piano. So Very good. It was interesting how that chance encounter or overhearing you play led to uh, uh, stellar opportunities for you. Yeah, for sure. Just, just someone that, um, yeah, I guess just, just feeling understood by someone and then... Mm. Also, someone you respect their talent, I think, helps as well. I was, um, yeah, I wasn't, uh, I was a fairly critically minded person and a fairly, um, maybe a little bit arrogant as well. So if, to cut through all of that, if, if the teacher had real talent, and he was quite a brilliant guitarist, or, and still is, I imagine, he played, he, he really um, played the Fender Telecaster like a demon. So... Um, so I really respected him and he was a really good guy and he really had a passion for that style of music. So it got me, it got me into that style as well of soul, soul music. Now, have you written a song in, uh, in homage to Roger or is it just Barney you've highlighted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just Barney at this stage, but Roger, Roger probably deserves a song. So maybe yeah. I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah, you never know. A new, a new composition coming out. Um, Again, uh, it's probably worth keeping moving given given our time constraints. So why don't we hear your um, your composition um, on keyboards entitled Marnie.
All right. Well, there you have it. That was uh, Marnie by Aaron Brereton. Aaron, take us back. When you wrote this, what did you want to express? Not just to Marnie, but what did you want to share in that musical piece? Oh, well, that song was written after she died. So Mm. I guess there was... um, I did miss her terribly. So there was certainly that emotion in there of loss uh, and grief. But um, yeah, the song is, is quite gentle and it is quite beautiful. And that, I guess there, I guess that's a little bit how I see, see Marnie. So um, it was, yeah, I guess I wanted to encapsulate all my feelings about her and almost as a tribute. Hmm a tribute to her. And I think that's why the song, um, I couldn't really compose lyrics to it because as you can see now, I'm struggling to describe (laughs) exactly how I feel about it. So that's why just a a piano piece um, and tried to get the, use the music to describe the emotions, which, yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful job. I think, I think you've expressed that beautifully um, through song. Mm. Um, and, and that's the power of music, isn't it? That really is it. That just it's its significance on the way that we feel is, is can't be under underestimated at all. Um, you 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 said something to me about um, one of the reasons why you love jazz. Do you want to just share with the, with the listeners what what that was? Because I thought that was really quite a profound thing to say. Oh, well, to me, the reason I love jazz, and, of, and often it's hard to describe to people um, what jazz is, because there's so many different styles. There's ragtime, traditional, bebop, swing, and it's a, it's a genre that's developed over many decades. But to me, um, jazz is able to describe a, a really broad spectrum of emotion. So from the lowest blues to feeling down and out to feeling complete exaltation. Jazz has, uh, is able to describe or is the language that describes the full spectrum of emotions. Mm-hmm. So when I listen to a jazz master, like um, or a guy like Sonny Stitt or Louis Armstrong or Miles Davis, I can often hear um, sadness, joy all in the same song a whole spectrum of emotions and that's that's what stands out when you hear the masters play Mm. you can hear a deep resonance with you know the difficulty we have you know in the human condition so um yeah it's a really deep feeling connecting to the music of jazz that i have Well, well, it's true. I think it's interesting because there is a sort of a love-hate relationship with jazz with most, most people. But I, I think that, as you've described, there is these nuances that if you really listen to them and let yourself sort of go with it and rather than try to confine it, because that's one of the things about jazz is it doesn't like to be confined. It, li- it likes to take itself wherever it needs to go, doesn't it? Um, and... Yeah, and I, and I thought that was really wonderful what you said. It has a, a vocabulary for every emotion, which is a wonderful way for us to express ourselves. Um, Pete, did you have anything you wanted to share with Aaron about 
his comment about jazz. Do you actually like jazz, Pete, yourself? I do. I've, I've got a very uh, broad or eclectic uh, interest in music, and I, I do like jazz. And I've, I've experienced most of the uh, different uh, styles, but I, I agree with you. It's a very um, mm. emotional um, form of music. And, um, and up until recently, Aaron, I, I hadn't heard you, um, your compositions. And uh, it's, I found it really, it touches me. And I think that ability to touch people, uh, and as you say, it's your way you express your feelings. And I think that really comes through. Um, so uh, yeah, that's um, great. It's a great you talent get- you've got. Oh, thanks for I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking forward. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking forward to your next um, your next song, which don't change a thing, which we'll finish the show off with uh, in a few minutes' time. But um, yeah, I think people will see um, uh, a different side to you there. <laughs> if you ever get yep. a chance to sure. see him live, Pete, it's a wonderful thing to watch. Well, um, I hope so. Yes, it's absolutely wonderful. Okay. Um, you know, something that came up in what you shared with us, and obviously we're talking a lot about expressing our emotions and our feelings, and we're specifically talking to guys, but we're talking to anyone because this isn't just specific to guys. I mean, there's a lot of women who don't express themselves. Um, but in sharing your story with us today, Aaron, you know, you did mention things like, you know, you had you know periods where you were feeling depressed, there were feelings of um, being alone and probably not, feeling that you could be yourself. I mean, these are really common feelings with a lot of lot of people out there. Um, how did how did those experiences um, affect your life? Oh, those those of being depressed, do you mean, yeah, Steve? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Um well, yeah, definitely I mean very limiting in your life. Um I mean, music, sharing with other musicians, I think, was the way out a lot of those dark times. Often, mm-hmm. I think, when I stopped playing music and stopped connecting with other musicians were the times probably when I needed to the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so could you see a correlation between that? So when you weren't playing, were you feeling those darker negative feelings more you didn't have that outlet to express. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, for me in particular. It's so important that I play my music because really, without <laughs> without it, <laughs> I tend to drift away into a pretty dark place. So, it's I've always felt music's the light. It, it's a it, it can be quite transformative. I mean, I used to go to uh, open mic nights, and. It was, of course, about going to play and, and show off a bit and, you know, test out some new songs. But mainly it was just about the sense of community, playing with other musicians, sharing the love of music. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, yeah, you, ne- you never really, um, playing music's not something that's really just about yourself. It's always about how you connect with other, other play- people. So people that you play with, your teachers. Um, that's sort of how music's kind of brought me into the world. Whereas otherwise I would have been probably quite happy to sort of uh, be more introverted and, and stay at home and not, 
not be a particularly social person. So be music. insular. And Very is, insular, yes. Yeah, and, and it's got you out of that, which is great. And it, music does it, doesn't it? It connects people. And I was talking to uh, a, a guy today, actually, who I've only met once before, and we were just talking about the power of music to um, to bring people together and give them a common bond. And, and it's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can certainly um, yeah relate to that. And um, yeah, it was. It gives you. Um, oh, I suppose also with musicians, they can be a little bit a breed of their own. So hanging out with other musicians is sort of <laughs> a, just a, a way to get a, a common a common understanding and um, and yeah. They often musicians often say when they're doing a performance, particularly in a large crowd, that they feed off the energy of the people, and there's this sort of bond between the performer and the audience in terms of a heightened sense of uh, energy and connectivity. Is that something you experience? Um, well, I haven't. I probably haven't done massive crowds in my <laughs> in my it, fairly short come, performance it'll, it'll career, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, yeah, look, it is. There's a rate. There's a there's a, a lot of different things that can happen. I've noticed I've done gigs where you you've played for three hours and felt like no one's paid any attention, um, but then you'll get people coming out after the gig and commenting about how how much they enjoyed it, and you can see in their energy that they've really um, got something out of it. So it can be deceiving at times. There's times you've sat there and think, oh, I'm just sort of in the background here you know, just with nothing much going on. Um, but then there's been other shows. It doesn't always depend on the size, I would say, of the audience, but really how present they are. Mm -hmm. And if they're really attuned to what you're doing, then it can be quite remarkable because that will um, affect your performance. Um, you, you will play totally differently and sometimes inspired to um, be more daring and, yeah, it... it it really transforms the way you can play. So a lot of a lot of interesting things happen live. Um, that just will never happen when you you know when you play at home by yourself or. Mm. Um, so that can that can be quite remarkable when that does happen. It just pushes you to another level. What I gather from what you were saying off off mic before, um, the style of uh, performance you're doing these days is more. Uh, uh, small intimate gatherings and, and that type of thing. Uh, how's that going for you? And uh, what sort of reaction do you get in those sort of environments? Um, well, look, I really um, enjoy playing for people privately uh, in their homes. So small parties uh, and little gatherings. Um, because I find you, you're more likely to get those types of connections, um, uh, more appreciation, but musically, um yeah different things can happen uh, in your performance um yeah i think it extends my performance more being in a more um i guess um informal setting or <laughs> more, yeah in a more casual setting I, I think it just relaxes your playing rather than uh compared to playing in venues where it's a little bit more like you've got a job to do and um you know you're there to do it so Yep, I can understand that. Aaron, can I ask you something? Um, you know, we're 
with your experience, and, and, and music has obviously been a great vehicle for you um, to sort of break through some barriers that you have. And, and what I really loved what you said was just about how it takes you to another level when you're sharing it with someone else, which is, I think, a really important reminder of the importance of connection, isn't it, with other people? Because if we stay too insular for too long, we lose something, we, we, we lose something, uh, and that is that connection with others that is, is important for us and for our own sort of emotional and, and mental well-being. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you can find something um, that, that might seem quite insignificant to you, playing a certain song that might resonate with someone, um, could have quite a profound effect on their day. And I've had, I've even had pretty rare occasion, but um, I've had someone write a little note to me from a gig saying how much they appreciated it and how it was quite profound for them. So, yeah, it's amazing that sometimes uh, I think I reduce those experiences down and saying, oh, well, I'm just doing another gig. But energetically, you don't always realise um, what's going on between everyone, the things you can't see. So. Um, that's what I, I love about music. It can have it can have a profound effect on on your emotions. It touches people to people's emotions, and and, some, and quite often more than you'll realise. Mm, I agree. I agree. So nowadays, I mean, apart from music, how do you keep yourself feeling good? How do you keep yourself, you know, um, yeah, you know, let's just say keep keep those sort of depressed feelings that you may have had in the past that sometimes will show up because we're all human and we have down days. What helps you? Like what helps you get through the days when you sometimes don't feel a hundred percent? Oh, well, <laughs> a friend of mine used to say to me, um, you know, I was a bit like a Ferrari and not in the sense of being high performance, but he would say, you'll either run perfectly or absolutely terribly. So <laughs> I, I need a lot of a lot of things to keep me on track. So I, I tend to um, I meditate uh, every morning, um, and I do uh, a qigong practice, which is a little bit similar to, to tai chi. So things like that. Um, exercise is pretty important to me, and um, usually I like to exercise in nature. So swim in the ocean or um, around walk around the national parks you know, that we have here on the peninsula. So being in nature, um, but more critically, probably just having good friends and, um, and connecting with people, just making sure I don't sort of hide myself away too much. So, um, yeah. Yeah, great. I mean, they're, they're great. Just, look, sometimes you need to, uh, one of my <laughs> teachers, uh, Sean Rogers, always says to me, see, stick to the basics. Um, and that's it. Sometimes we need to stick to the basics, don't we? And they're just fundamental things. Um, you know, the meditation, the exercise and, and connecting with good friends, you know, people you can trust to be open with, to be able to express yourself with. Because I think that the more we do that, the better we are. Because it comes back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier. It's, it's about living an honest life. And that's just being honest about how you feel, you know. And, and then, therefore, you have healthier relationships and, and you know, a happier life. Um, I've loved listening to you, uh, and uh, I, I can't wait to hear the next song. And um, but what's next for you, Aaron? Where, where are you heading with your music? What's next for you? 
Um, well, look, I had I had big ambitions to sort of to get my music out there the last couple of years, but with lockdowns and whatnot, that's stilted that a bit. But um, I'd like to get out and perform. So as we referenced before, doing the, the private private gigs at the moment. And yeah, I haven't recorded since 2009, so I'm long overdue to do some recording. And um, yeah, I've been writing a few songs lately, so more compositions and recording and um, yeah. Yeah, time for more people to hear you, Aaron. <laughs> time to get out there, yep. For sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. So if um if people wanted to contact you, what's the best way to contact you? Um, just by email. So that's Aaron double A R O N at I am Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. I really enjoyed having you on. Pete, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, just a, a couple of things, Steve. Um, Aaron, you were saying just about music and how particular songs can resonate with people and uh, we're talking about different styles of music and steve you mentioned uh, uh person we both know well uh, sean rogers and a couple of years ago he introduced me to a song called um uh humble and kind by a country uh, singer called tim mcgraw and at the time i had i didn't know the, the singer i didn't know the song but it really touched me and I kept playing it. And uh, as I've mentioned previously, one of the things I've done in recent years is uh, drive a school bus. And uh, I used to play this to the kids all the time. You know how Spotify records the number, of, you know, they give you a, a year in review and how many songs you've played and what songs you've played, which which song you've played the most. Well, I was quite amazed a, a month or so ago when I got my 2021 summary for the year. And, and uh, this would this would impress Sean, I'm sure, but it uh, my number one song for the year at 85 plays for the year was Humble and Kind by Tim McGraw. So it, it obviously had an impact on me and it's a great song. Um, anyhow, look, it's been great talking to you, Aaron. Um, I might just cover off a couple of quick things and then we'll listen to your marvellous composition called Don't You Change a Thing. Um, just first, if, if anyone wants to contact us, as I say, you can do it via the Facebook group at Men With Spirit or email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. If you want to suggest some topics, that'll be great. Or if you're interested in joining a Men With Spirit group, that's uh, just reach out. Um, finally, uh, I shared this with someone the other day that um, if you want to feel um, uplifted and uh, have stories of love and overcoming difficulties in your life, I'd strongly recommend a podcast series that I've been listening to over the last couple of months. It's called This Is Love, and it features um, a woman by the name of Phoebe Judge. There's about 43 episodes in the uh, series, and it's available via your podcast platform of choice, and it's called This Is Love. And given there's so much negativity out there, I think having something that will uplift you, I just turn the radio off most days now and, and listen to uplifting podcasts. And this is one I'd strongly recommend. Anyhow. I actually, Pete, I actually listened to one of those episodes after your recommendation. I yeah. listened to the one with the whale. It's fantastic, it's, isn't it? It's such a beautiful story. Um, yeah. If, do yourself a favour. I don't know what episode that it's was. It's episode but, number two, that one. Two. And, 
it's it's a fantastic story. Um, yes. So check it out, everyone. Um, okay, well, look, uh, we, we'll go out with this song, Don't ch You Change a Thing. Do you want to tell us a bit about this song, Aaron, and what it means to you and how you came to compose it and so on? Yeah, yeah, the songs, I mean, I always felt a little bit like a, a square peg in a round hole or a black sheep at times. So uh, the song's really just about the fact that being different and standing out um, isn't, isn't always a bad thing. Good, good. Okay, well, look, uh, a big thank you to Marcus who makes it all happen behind the scenes and uh, has to juggle all these technical issues we, we deal with. Um, so hey, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, thanks from me thanks from steve and thanks Thank to Marin. and uh we hope you enjoyed your time with us today and until next time be true to yourself and following the music we'll be handing over to the back room thanks marcus Being different, it ain't what it used to be. The individuals, the only ones that ever see, see their own place within a space and time, and are the only ones that can attain a peace of mind. Being different will make you feel more wrong than it does right. Being different will make you feel like you have to fight for a way to feel like you can have a win. Or fight for a place where you are trying to fit in Being different is a blessing that will one day show There ain't no limit to how far you can go Well, don't you change a thing No, don't you change a thing Out one out is the one that cannot get in and find a place or a space where another been. You know it ain't no where for the safe and sound. Well, it's a road that only goes round and round. Well, don't be afraid of being who you really are. Just think of life as driving along in a little car. How far we get, it really doesn't matter none. As long as in that trip we can have a little fun well, Being different is a blessing that will one day show There ain't no limit to how far you can go Well, don't you change a thing No, well, don't you change a thing
being different is a blessing that will one day show there ain't no limit to how far you can go well, don't you change a thing well, being different is a blessing that will one day show there ain't no limit to how far you can go don't you change a thing No, no, oh, 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 don't you change a thing No, no, oh, 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 don't you change a thing Oh, my baby, please don't, please don't change a thing No, my baby, please don't, please don't change a thing. No, don't you change a thing. No, don't you Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Ill Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. Come on Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee. And something nice to eat Yeah, the pizzas are great In fact, all the food rates Down at Freddy's Caram Station Street Come on, come on, come on Down to Freddy's now Come on, come on, come on Down to Freddy's now It's a pizza It's a mystic pizza